What's going on? My name is Liam McCamish. I'm here at Ohio University Scripps College of Communication in Podcast Studio One. Today I'm going to be talking about Jeffrey Epstein and how money buys freedom. Can money buy freedom today in our society right now, today, 2019? Uh, it sounds like something that is just completely barbaric and, um, you know, obviously that's it, not the way it should be. Uh, money should not be able to buy freedom, but can it right now? And um, if you look at this Jeffrey Epstein case, I think it's very obvious that um, it can. So if you don't know, Jeffrey Epstein is a top financial advisor. Uh, he's a graduate from Cooper Union in 1971. Epstein owned one of the biggest houses in Manhattan uh, in his, his private islands uh, where he was known to host parties with uh, celebrities and uh, uh, presidents. Before his rise to fame, uh, Epstein was a teacher at Dalton School in Manhattan, and uh, he taught calculus and physics. In 1982, Epstein started his own law firm, and his clients were like top-tier clients. Uh, these guys were over a billion dollars in net worth. Um, and, you know, it's pretty obvious that Epstein knows his way around money and, you know, um, just owning, you know, he knows how to handle money. He's a very top-tier guy when it comes to, you know, law firms and whatnot. Um, so he knows what he's doing and he obviously has a big, uh, a lot of connections, a lot of big network of people that he knows and, uh, people obviously know him. So Jeffrey Epstein, um, unfortunately, uh, in March, uh, 2005, a woman contacted Florida's Palm Beach Police Department and alleged that her 14 year old stepdaughter had been taken to Epstein's mansion by an older girl. Uh, they were allegedly paid $300 to strip and massage Epstein. Uh, she had allegedly undressed but left uh, the encounter wearing only her underwear. Uh, and police began an 11-month undercover investigation on Epstein, uh, also following the search of his home. Uh, so this took place um, in 2005, as it said. Um, and then recently, too, on July 6, 2019, Epstein was arrested by the FBI NYPD uh, on Crimes Against Children Task Force on sex trafficking charges stemming from activities alleged to have occurred uh, from 2002 to 2005. Um, so I had the chance to talk with some uh, media professionals, and I asked them a couple questions about how do they think the media actually played into the capture of Epstein and you know, not really the capture of Epstein, but how his story was kind of brought to light because of how, how undercover it was. And I'll get into that in a second, but for a while, like it was very unknown. I mean, Epstein kept this very secret, um, you know, and so I, I asked them how the media plays into, you know, kind of unraveling these stories especially with people like you know r kelly out there uh who you know had sex with a lot of uh young black chicago girls um in that area specifically those girls um and how the media you know reacted to that and how all that's you know kind of the media controls that so i had a, a, a chance to talk with some great people yeah i mean i think that some of it's generational um because the, move, the, the news moves so quickly now um, because of, of folks like you and, and of folks like who are you know in college now, Gen Y and millennials, like they don't get their news 
from traditional sources, like waiting till six o'clock or whatever to watch NBC or, or picking up the New York Times the following morning to see what happened two days ago, right? Uh, it's all happening in real time um, and on Twitter, you know, um, on Facebook. Unfortunately, that does lead to a lot of garbage. Um, you have to comb through, you have to have a filter, and um, that takes a lot of time. And since we live in kind of a soundbite culture and kind of a you know headline culture, um, I think that that's a negative, but ultimately you're able to, somebody even anonymously is able to come out and be like, these people did these things, somebody look into it. And then those traditional sources do go back and go, hey, there's a lot of chatter on Twitter today about this thing happening. Let's go and let's do the investigative reporting. Let's do the fact checking. You know, so I think things move that way and that tips and scoops can come um, from these, these new types of media, which is, is really great. Um, but I do think that it's also, um, you know, takes a lot of, of energy to, to comb yeah. through the noise, right? To get to the signal. There's so much noise now to, to get to the signal. And there is the danger, and I wanna be really careful about what I'm about to say, um, that's, that sometimes things out there, you know, seem credible and then they turn out not to be. Um, I don't want to say fake news because that's been perverted by some very <laughs> prominent people to mean that nothing is true, right? To mean that we're in a post-truth era. Um, but uh, I think that's why we have to be, like you guys, um, stronger and more critical about, uh, about what we're reading and thinking about. So Alexander Acosta, who is the... Um United States Secretary uh, of Labor from 2017 until his uh, resignation, actually today, July uh, 6th, he was uh, appointed by, or not today, <laughs> excuse me, he, he was, uh, <laughs> he resigned at, on July 6th, and he continued to, in uh, 2008, he served when this story came out in 2005 that this woman had, like, uh, that Epstein had raped this 14-year-old girl and given her money, um, <laughs> Alexander gave Jeffrey Epstein uh, something called illegal immunity. They signed a non-prosecution claim. And um, for those of you who don't know, I'll just read the definition here. It's uh, legal immunity or immunity from prosecution is a legal status wherein an individual or entity cannot be held accountable or, or liable of, for a violation of the law. Uh, so this was given to Epstein um, by Alexander Acosta, uh, like I said, who resigned today. Um, and uh, Acosta was appointed by Trump. Um, or I, Yeah, I believe he was appointed by Trump or... Uh, Trump had something to do with his nomination to that. Uh, I'm sure of that. And yeah, so I just looking at this case, it's really disgusting because you have, you know, people who used to party with this Epstein guy and even Donald Trump before he became president said, uh, and I quote, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. Uh, it is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, as many as them on, uh, are, and many of them on the younger side. No doubt about it, Jeffrey enjoys his social life. So, you know, comments like this, I believe this was said about 
five years ago. Uh, don't really quote me on that one, but I know um, just hearing that coming out from uh, some guy like, you know, Donald Trump, which, you know, you don't really look at a quote like that until it comes back to uh, bite you in the butt. It's actually kind of funny if you talk to, uh, if um, you look up how, you know, Trump views Epstein now. Um, he said he's not a fan, uh, which, you know, to this quote here, it kind of says how quickly Trump kind of gets on that bandwagon of, you know, this guy is a, a terrible person, which, you know, he is. Um, so I don't know, not a fan. And, um, this quote here, I mean, I wish the president personally would, um, you know, kind of dig into it a bit more like, Hey, I know this guy, I thought he was someone that he said he wasn't. And my comment on younger girls did not mean underage girls, or at least explain it. But all he said was uh, not a fan. So, you know, in this case, it's 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 very interesting because you have to ask yourself, if you look at the conditions of Epstein's sentencing uh, after the rape of that 14-year-old girl, he was sentenced to 18 months in prison with uh, 16 hours a day he could leave for work. Uh, he had his own private cell, and the guards that uh, guarded Epstein in the prison were hired by Epstein. So these guys work for Epstein. Um, obviously, you know, it just, if you read it out, it really sounds barbaric. Um, so, you know, question being, can money buy freedom in this case? I don't think it's crazy to say yes. Um, I don't think it's crazy by any means. If you look at, you know, everything that has gone down with Epstein and how it's been handled, uh, which is why I think the media is such a prominent, you know, tool in our society right now. I, I'm personally not on social media. I can't stand it. But when, you know, when you have things like the Me Too movement and uh, hashtag mute R. Kelly, that was a really big one for a while. I did a report on that um, on, my, on my high school newspaper. Um, and just seeing how, you know, the media really, um, comes to take people down. I mean, even if you look into the YouTube community too, I mean, it's, it's happening everywhere. Uh, the, there was a guy named pro Jared recently who his wife came out on social media saying that he, you know, cheated on her and instantly for a while before, uh, the whole, uh, drama with, um, uh, oh, I forget his name. I, <laughs> Uh, James Charles, he was the uh, pro Jared who cheated on his wife and his wife come out on Twitter, said that he had cheated with him, said, you know, <laughs> on social media, just said, Hey, this guy cheated with me. And he lost like, I think 3 million followers in a day. So the power of social media is, you know, it's, it can be, it can, it's a tool and it needs to be utilized. And I think in these cases it's used correctly and especially in cases like, Epstein's because I don't think you know I don't think right now if you look at how how much people are talking about Epstein or how you know if you ask people you know a room of people who Jeffrey Epstein is right now they will know it and I don't think that um that would be possible without social media I mean that it just gets people talking and even if you look at cases like the R. Kelly movement I mean social media is just so powerful in these cases and they are they're always the backbone of these movements it's it's almost like the common person can get their two cents in and most of the time uh you know this may maybe not the most intellectual like i believe that jeffrey epstein 
it's tor- you know, it could just be like, hey, you know, F that guy, you know, or, you know, F- F- Jeffrey Epstein is a horrible human being. And, you know, that gets people talking. And then maybe you see a tweet that's like, screw Jeffrey Epstein. And then you're like, why would that person say that? And then you see like a New York Post article, Jeffrey Epstein filed for sex trafficking. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to read about this article and I'm going to look into it. And I just think it's a very good, you know, very dominant power and it can it can take down anyone if your name gets on social media in a bad light you could lose pretty much everything and it's become a really important thing in our society and you know i think that in this case along with his like still going down right now uh, i believe epstein bought his freedom and i don't think anyone can question that if you look into his case and you look into how his case was handled, Alexander Acosta giving him legal immunity, uh, signing a non-prosecution agreement. I just think that it's, um, I think anyone can look at this and just see how crazy it is. I mean, it doesn't take a genius. I mean, I'm no Albert Einstein here. Uh, and I, you just reading it out, I've done, you know, I've looked into it a lot. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy to me. Uh, that this, you know, this kind of stuff can happen in our society today. And although, you know, you can look at it and anyone with the brain can see how messed up and how terrible and, you know, how people underreacted, uh, you still have the the sense of, um, you know, he still gets away with it in the end. Um, so hopefully something changes and hopefully Jeffrey is, um, you know, formally prosecuted and I, I hope he does and I, I hope that social media continues to spread this awareness of people like Epstein um, you know not just Epstein but people like R. Kelly and uh, you know just disgusting people um, and, it, and, and it needs to be brought up and you know people need to be having this conversation more okay just because someone has a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean you know and they could be a celebrity like R. Kelly was you know a, a popular music artist for a long time and you know some people still listen to him today that you know that's debated um in our society a lot is can his music still be listened to um but yeah so do these people are these people always up to good and it's not always the case you're gonna you know no matter where you're at in life no matter where you are there's gonna be good people and there's gonna be bad people and no matter what profession you're in, how much money you have, what you look like, your race, religion, color, sexual orientation, like it does not matter. There's going to be good people and there's going to be bad people. And Jeffrey Epstein is just a really good case for someone terrible. And I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I think that is, that's all I have to say about this. I mean, I don't like talking about this type of stuff. I think that it's interesting the way our society reacts to it now uh but i and i also think it's interesting how he can get away with it but i think that in the end epstein is a pretty bad guy (laughs) i mean there's no doubt about it um i don't like talking about this stuff it's not fun uh obviously it's 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 really horrific and you know i just it's not fun but it needs to be talked about and even you know we need to be having this conversation so Uh, Thank you for listening. I will probably be back sometime soon. Uh, You know me, just chilling out in Scripps College of Communication. Um, Yeah, so thank you for uh, listening, and uh, I'll see you all some other time.